Let's begin with a deep breath. Yes, just a big deep inhale and a big slow exhale. Just settling into your body, settling into your environment, settling into the present moment and welcome to right where you are. This podcast takes place right where you are, right where I am, wherever, whenever. And today's episode takes place at the gym. It's 5.30 in the morning and I think I still kind of have my morning voice and still a bit tired. (laughs) And today's episode is a continuation of our previous episode, which was on taking up space, showing up, being your authentic self and being present and today's conversation is about shame it's around shame why do I want to talk about shame because I believe that shame is a very big barrier to showing up taking up space being present being our authentic selves so let's jump straight into it and talk about what shame is what is shame so our dear friend Google says that shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And because I'm a rebel, (laughs) I'm going to disagree with Google. Because this sounds more like the definition for guilt or remorse, which, funny enough, Google says are synonymous with shame. I think guilt is a healthy emotion and, like, all emotions it has something to teach us guilt teaches us to not repeat a behavior guilt says i did wrong i am sorry guilt says i fucked up whereas shame says i am fucked up so shame is a painful feeling of humiliation and distress but it's usually not caused by a behavior or if it is caused by a behavior it's more caused by the internal judgment systems that we have that judge and shame the behavior but sometimes it's not even just about a behavior sometimes it's about a trait that you might have a thought that you think uh, something that you say a way of living shame is a lot more broad but it's more existential It's almost an existential sense of invalidity. It's an existential sense of wrongness, of unworthiness. It's this innate sense of there's something wrong with me. Because you know how in Christianity it's believed that we are all sinners and it's only through Jesus Christ that we are saved, that we are made clean and pure of our sins it's that that we are kind of born sinners so that's what shame is it's this knowing that there's something wrong with you no matter what that there's something inside of you that's bad or unworthy it's an existential sense of inferiority here's why i say that we humans are social creatures right And we have been from 
way 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 back from the beginning of our evolution and so because we're social creatures we need social order so we need to have a sense of okay some things are cool some things are not so we're cool with certain things in our society we're okay with having some things in our society this thing is acceptable this thing is good but then we also need to have the things that are bad and not good and unacceptable so shame helps us judge and gives us a sense of okay so this certain thing is unacceptable in our society and therefore has no place here but the thing about shame is that it goes beyond just the thing the behavior the traits whatever the action whatever it is that we're shaming a lot of the time we don't only just shame the thing but we shame the entire human an example i can give for this is with drug addicts that we don't just shame their behavior or the cycle that they're in of drug addiction a lot of the time you discard the whole person that this person can be seen as inferior as unacceptable in society as not a valuable part of society we just shame the whole person because sure drug addiction is not acceptable it's like we don't want people to be addicted to drugs but a lot of the time we don't just shame the actual thing and i think shaming the actual thing maybe might allow for rehabilitation for whatever behavior that we look at the behavior itself but we just tend to shame the whole person you know just throw away the What's the saying? Throw away the baby with the bathwater. And so, really, if shameful things are unacceptable and not accepted in our society, then we avoid that thing because doing that thing or being that thing, saying that thing, would make you unacceptable in society and we all want to belong we all want a sense of belonging and to be accepted in our communities and our society and so then we avoid the shameful thing and the thing about shame is avoiding shame is shame in action that is almost the point of shame to get you to avoid feeling shame to get you to avoid doing the shameful thing so that you can remain safe in society that you can be a part of community and so shame protects us from being cast out and ostracized dr peter levine who is a psychotherapist and somatic practitioner said that shame is a biological response that social creatures need in order to organize into groups and hierarchies and once again because i'm a fucking rebel i'm going to disagree with someone who has a phd because i mean i agree with the whole statement except for one word right i just don't agree with the word need i don't think that we need shame i don't think we need it i think maybe many 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 years ago maybe let's say in the times of hunter gatherers where one human really 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 needed to adhere to the rules and the beliefs of their community where they had to avoid being ostracized at all costs because if you're ostracized then you know you can't hunt alone you can't gather alone or maybe you can do the one but you can't do the other 
and you can't build alone you can't move around alone you can't it's it's just you it's just you in the wild it's you against the elements it's you against the lions that will eat you and the vultures that will finish up afterwards where so in in such a society you really had to be accepted because it's be accepted or die you know and i honestly just believe that we've inherited shame from our way 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 back ancestors and we've changed it and morphed it into many things like i've mentioned in the christian religion and so i think shame still very much lives in our limbic system which is just our emotional brain also known as the mammal brain and because of that it's also just active in our instinctual brain also known as the reptilian brain so we've carried it into these newer realities and there's there's just so many things that play a role like christianity has played a very big role in shame and how much we 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 feel shameful or there's just so much shame around so many things and then we've taken taken we've taken it further into our current realities of consumerism individualism uh we have a very voyeuristic pop culture and so shame exists there too so shame still serves the same purpose it's to keep us in the safety of community and social order it's to keep us from being shunned or cancelled and in our bodies we still have the truth of i must be accepted or i die so we keep shame so that we can avoid the shameful things that can cast us out from society so shame is a protective mechanism and just to show how it's a protective mechanism usually the physical cues of shame are that a person who is in shame or is feeling ashamed they're likely to bend forward and almost just make their chest concave stand with a rather bad posture and this protects chest cavity and mostly protects the heart and it just protects you from feeling all of your emotions you're safe in this little bubble but it literally when you are standing in this posture you're literally also smaller and literally a smaller target is more difficult to shoot you know you're just protected you're safe and something else is that usually when people are in shame they aren't likely to make eye contact notice when people talk about things that they are ashamed of they won't look you in the eye directly because they are afraid of the the judgment that you might give them that you might cast them out that you might shame them and so all these ways of protecting ourselves when we are in shame just lead to us taking up less space literally physically we make ourselves smaller but then we also just hide there's so much of ourselves that we hide that we hide certain traits that we don't do certain things some things we do maybe privately that no one ever knows about and sees so we aren't showing up in the world as our full authentic selves and the funny thing is that these exact physical cues that i've mentioned that they show up in a study done by Michel Foucault in 
there he wrote about this in his book called discipline and punish and he did a study of prisoners and looked at their their bodily demeanor while they were in prison and afterwards and they picked up these exact same physical cues and because his argument really is that the body is docile the body is manipulable that word (laughs) that the body can be controlled and changed and so while they're in prison they pick up these physical cues because they are living in environments where they have to keep themselves protected but then even afterwards they keep this because the body has almost been sculpted into that thing and this i think is an interesting study because i think shame is basically the root of the prison system because prisoners are basically people that we've cast out of society that we have removed them from society and it goes back to the thing i was saying that we've shamed the whole human whereas i think that we could rehabilitate a behavior that we can look at a behavior that if someone is stealing then we can look at their stealing and then think oh okay so maybe there's a problem of poverty in the world let's let's start there and that can solve the problem but no instead we shame the whole being we shame the whole person throw away the whole person and it's the same with like cancel culture that we we cancel the whole person and then maybe instead okay no i can't use bill cosby as an example but yeah i could because maybe let's look deeper into it let's rehabilitate the behavior itself let's look at what causes these things what in society is wrong that leads to people doing these things and maybe it's not always a society's wrong thing it really does mean that we need to put responsibility on people And, like, mind you, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with justice. You know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people facing consequences of their actions and their behaviors. No. I'm just saying that so much of the time we tend to just throw away the whole person and we ignore the things around that behavior that made that behavior possible. Where instead of looking at ourselves, looking at all of us, and properly rehabilitating the thing and properly solving the problem, we just throw away the whole person, you know, and it's the exact same thing with convicts. Convicts are those people that we've just put them somewhere else because prison is not a part of society. And some people get out of prison and they struggle even to live in everyday life because they've been completely excommunicated from society. And they also struggle generally because there's shame around being an ex-convict and i don't think that this is very different from the times way way back in because europe has been very weird and very fucked up for some time but from the time in europe when they had public executions and public corporal punishment where sinners and criminals were punished in front of the whole community and that shames them it's like look at that person who's unworthy of being a part of our society 
and then it also just teaches everyone else to not perform the shameful thing to not do the shameful thing so our justice systems now are a lot less public but there's still a lot of public shame like how ex-convicts find it difficult to live in everyday life after leaving prison because there's still a thing of shaming them it's like how it's difficult to get a job or get a loan as an ex-convict because they're still excommunicated in some way or it's like oh you were excommunicated and you are shameful and you're you're not acceptable in our society and you know and i think this thing of it being public of it being visible and visible to the public basically it's something that Michel Foucault spoke about in his book Discipline and Punish where he said there are three categories to the prison system or basically three categories to shame or to discipline, punishment and power. He said the three categories are hierarchical observation, normalizing judgment and examination. So basically in order for shame to exist there needs to be judgment and there needs to be this thing of looking and observing at the shameful thing. And not only are we observing, but it's hierarchical observation that the person who is looking is above this shameful and bad person. And so... Hmm. So basically observation needs to exist in order for judgment and shame to exist. That this thing has to be seen in order for it to exist. Right. So this reminds me of John Berger. In the 1970s, I think 1972, he had a TV series that was later turned into a book called Ways of Seeing. And in this book, he makes the distinction between nudity and nakedness where he says to be naked is to be oneself but to be nude is to be seen naked by others and yet not recognized as oneself a naked body has to be an object in order for it to become nude so basically when you are naked you are just you you are just not wearing clothes you are bare and that is that but to be nude and obviously these are just terms and that's how he explains it but when you are nude to be nude is to be seen naked and only when the judgment and the observations arise then you are this object and because there's just so much shame around the human body i bring up again christianity how in christianity there's the idea of the mortification of the flesh that flesh is bad and terrible that anything human is bad and terrible and we should only aspire to be heavenly and godly so this is just another part of the amount of shame there is around being a human but the shame of being in a human body and the nudity of a human body so the judgment the shame only exist when there's observation when this thing is being seen 
but in its being seen it's also being objectified it's oh that thing you know but then someone might ask what about the things that we do privately what about the things that there's no one there to observe it there's no one else to see it literally absolutely absolutely no one knows about this thing that you might do or this thing that you think this thing that you don't say aloud how come we still feel shame for those things i'm of the belief that we have learned to be able to see ourselves from the world's point of view not from our own point of view john berger also had a theory in the same chapter of ways of seeing about observation that his theory was around women that how he says it is that women how does he say it he says men dream of women and women dream of themselves being dreamt of that men look at women and women look at themselves being looked at so basically women learn to to step outside of their bodies almost and look at themselves and also just carry the mindset and the perspective of a man so basically how does a man see me and someone else who speaks about this is Laura Mulvey and she speaks about it as to be looked atness and Laura Mulvey same the theory is very similar to John Berger's and because Laura Mulvey was um a feminist theorist but i want to connect this to shame by saying that because we can feel shame around the things that no one knows about it's because we're able to step outside of our bodies and look at ourselves from the higher thing the thing that is above us that does not do the shameful thing i think okay, i can't i didn't want to do this but i'm going to use christianity as an example again that in christianity the point is to strive to be like jesus christ because jesus christ was this amazing holy person without fault perfect right therefore this person is completely shameless they don't do a single shameful thing uh, they don't do a single bad thing they in no way can be excommunicated from society because they have no shame they have no yeah basically that right so it's kind of like we all have figures like that maybe not Jesus Christ per se but we all have figures of the perfect human and that is where we judge from that is the hierarchy that we look at ourselves from that is this thing that's above and we're able to look down on the shameful person the shameful little human who's doing bad and that's how we're able to feel shame for things that even no one knows about because we're able to step out of our own bodies and look at ourselves from outside to look at ourselves from the world's point of view and now i don't necessarily think that there there's anything wrong with setting social standards and creating social order with having a certain standard of okay this is this is what's expected of a human being because we are humans and we are social beings and so we do need social order cool i think the part where it becomes problematic is where basically humans fuck shit up and we've created really crazy expectations and hierarchies and systems of belief 
that really, really, really narrow down what humans can and cannot be, what humans should and should not be. And I think because of this, because the expectations and and the the beliefs around it are so crazy, it leads to a lot more shrinking. The way that I've spoken of how we physically shrink when we are in shame, but we also shrink in terms of who we can be. We shrink and move away some parts of ourselves. I think, for example, if you grew up in a home where an emotion like excitement was shamed, you know, it's like, oh no, calm down, be civilized, then you're likely to shame that thing in yourself, but then you hide it. So you've shrunken the essence of who you are, you've shrunken your humanness, that you aren't showing up in all of who you are. And sometimes I've made an example with a good emotion. Sometimes it's the emotions or a so-called good emotion. Sometimes it's the emotions that we know as bad that, oh, no, you're not allowed to be angry. I think mostly for people socialized as women, you're not allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to be aggressive. Don't do that. And so we do that. Then we end up not showing up as that part of ourselves. And this can show up as people-pleasing and perfectionism because we're trying to hide the parts of ourselves that are incomplete and disappointing and imperfect and shameful. And now, the crazy thing, (laughs) the crazy thing is that the same world that shames us and asks us to be less than what we are, the world that asks us to shrink, also benefits from our shrinking. And I say that, but I know that it doesn't truly benefit humanity as a whole. It doesn't. But it does benefit capitalistic agendas. It does benefit consumerism culture. It does benefit a whole lot of things. It benefits because, while one, we're not our fullest creative expression. We aren't showing up as all of who we are that way we're not very creative that means that we're not very innovative that means that we'll just always depend on systems outside of us for our survival we'll always depend on someone else you know when people speak about who the system or the government this the government that it's because we depend on this thing outside of us for us to live, to sustain ourselves. And that also just means that we're also easily manipulated and controlled. There's the quote by Thomas Sankara, where he says that he who feeds you controls you. And I don't like this quote because, I mean, sure it's true. And looking at society and the way that we know it, it is true. It's just... I want us to move to a new paradigm, uh, a new reality where he who feeds you nurtures you and cares for you, where he who feeds you loves you. And that's not the reality, though. It can be, but it's not. Where right now, we're so easily manipulated and controlled. And because I study marketing, I see it, and I see it all the time, how... Marketing really plays on 
our weaknesses it plays on insecurities well firstly sometimes it creates insecurities and then because we feel shame we feel that we aren't enough because we feel that we aren't whole it's easy to sell us things and say oh you'll be whole and you'll be complete and you'll be happy once you have this thing once you do this one thing once you behave this certain way so we're easily controlled it's very easy to get people to do things and to buy things when those people aren't happy with who they already are but we're also just small and shrunken in perspective because yes we are shrunken physically that we shrink even in our personality but our perspective shrinks so much so that we usually don't see possibility beyond the reality that already exists you know that maybe we think that that is the only way that there's nothing possible beyond the world that we live in of being manipulated and controlled and now the thing is i know i'm saying this and i sound very conspiracy theorist vibe i sound very super activist but <laughs> it's also a thing of theory and be like oh they are controlling us and it's like who's controlling us because i honestly just believe that we are responsible for this reality we've created it you know and because of that it takes us being able to see the possibility beyond that reality in order for us to move beyond that reality and because we're small and we're shrunken we don't stand up for ourselves but we also just don't know ourselves and that's why again it's easy for people to sell us things because you don't know sometimes what it is that you genuinely want we don't know our heart's desires we aren't able to tap into our body i think desire very much lives in the body well a lot of things everything that is on this planet it lives in the human body we experience it through the human body and so when you're not in touch with your desire your heart's desires your soul's desires then it's easy for someone to tell you look you want this thing you should buy this thing you know we also just don't know ourselves because there's so much that we we throw to the side that we almost like pick and choose because there're only some things that are acceptable in society or in our family of origin or wherever so there's some things that we have to push aside that we have to almost mold ourselves and sculpt ourselves into the socially acceptable thing that means we're throwing away the pieces of clay that we're, when we're sculpting ourselves we're throwing away the pieces of clay that make us who we really are and this really is just putting away some things and throwing them into the dark closet in our psyche putting them into the shadow and then we don't know about these things and then we're not full sovereign beings because shame deems some parts of reality as invalid but we're also just not present because of this because reality is segmented because we've decided okay this part is invalid so i don't see it it's not it's not it's shameful it's bad no it's it's you know it's out of sight out of mind basically and so we're not accepting all of reality as it is or all of reality as we could know it 
that just means that we're not present with all of reality. And so I don't think we need shame. I don't think that we need shame. I think maybe many, many, many years ago, maybe then we did. And we took it with us and we've carried it into these new realities. But I think in this new reality, in this reality that we're creating now, we don't need shame because this is the reality of love. And I think shame and love are opposites because shame decides, okay, some things are bad, some things are good, and you know, we're, we're picking and choosing. But love is unconditional. Love loves all. Love accepts all. And I'm not saying that we need to be like, okay, no, it's okay to murder. It's fine. People can murder. We accept everything. Oh, love and light. No. I'm saying that maybe if we accept it as a part of reality and we say, yes, this is, it's not other. It's not, you know, I'm self and then there's the thing that's other, that's there that we object and it's like oh no maybe if we take everything in and we take responsibility too where i can say that yeah i'm i am the murderer (laughs) that i am the murderer too that they are me and i am them that saying in lakesh allah ken that we are all one and this is now a tricky thing because i was in the previous episode talking about the self and how important it is to to know our our separate self to know that we are a separate self and to express that separate self but at the same time it's important to know that we're one i think humans are extremists and we always just pick the one side and we're like yes this is the ultimate truth this is what we're going with but the thing is we live in a world of duality and nuance and both are true. One of my favorite podcasts is called Both Are True. <laughs> but yeah, both are true. It's okay that both of these things are true, that we are a separate individual self, but we're also one with everything. And so when we're not shaming, we can look at that shameful thing and say, I am that thing too. We can look at the parts of ourselves that are shameful and you can know that, okay, this is a part of me and I love it and I radically accept it and I unconditionally love it because it makes me human. It makes me whole. It makes me a fully integrated human. And in this reality of love, we don't need shame. In this reality, I know many people are very big on healing and things like breaking generational curses and um, and healing childhood trauma and so on and so on. And I think even in such situations that shame is not needed. You know, I think some people think that in order for change to occur, I remember walking past people once, right? And it was at a time when I was thinking a lot about shame. And then I heard, I overheard a conversation. All I heard in that conversation was this girl. She was just saying, yeah, no, they must shame him. They must shame him. And I don't know what is going on there. But I I just think a lot of people think that shame is needed in order for a change to occur. That in order for someone to change behavior, that they need to be shamed. But we've seen how that doesn't work. Like all the examples I've given of the prison system it doesn't work it's not effective i think in order to change reality you need to accept reality as all of what it is it's like here at the gym 
Now, someone I was talking to once, a lady, her and I were talking in the locker room, and she was telling me about how she's lost a lot of weight since she started gymming. She's been in the gym for like a year now, and she was, you know, she was, I don't know, is it diagnosed or identified? But it was like sure proof that, yeah, no, she was obese. And so she started gymming. And she's lost a lot of weights and she's a lot more happy with herself and her body and her human experience, great stuff. But she still has a lot of belly fat. And so she feels, as she was explaining this to me, I was noticing how much shame she feels around this. And so something that I told her was, no, when you're trying to change something or to heal something from a place of shame, then you're doing it from a place of lack. You're doing it from a place of, oh no, I need to, I need to, I need to. You know that I am not whole as I am. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't try to be our best selves and we shouldn't try to do better and be better and, you know, and to heal and to, to strive for the best. I think we should always do that. But when we're doing it from a place of shame, then we're also doing it from a place of obligation that I need to. I think when we have an internal innate sense of no okay i'm worthy as i am i am whole i am complete and everything else would just be adding to what i am everything else would be just bettering what i already am i think when we do it from this place then it feels a lot happier it feels a lot more free and a lot more expansive because i think when you're going to the gym from a place of i need to i need to it's easy to quit very soon it's easy to give up very soon. And maybe for some people, I know we're all very different. Some people, it's like, okay, effective. Because then you're like, I need to. And then you end up really going. But you're not enjoying it. And I'm all for enjoyment. I'm all for enjoyment. I, I think we're here on earth to have a good time. We're here to enjoy. And sure, do the hard things. Go to the gym. I don't know. Do whatever it else it is it takes for you to become a better person. But do it from a place of love. And that way it's more sustainable. And then you can do this thing for the next five years, ten years, for the rest of your life. Shame is not an effective tool. It's not a tool at all. It's, it's just like a, it's a stick that you can't, not even a stick, a rock. It's not, it's not useful. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not useful. It, it's not useful and it goes against love. And the antidote to shame is love. It's radical, unconditional acceptance and love. So the message is that, that fuck shame. Go spread love. Go be your whole self. Go show up as all of who you are. That stand tall, breathe deeply. Know that you are perfect the way that you are and you're still allowed to want to do better from that place. That you are amazing exactly the way that you are. Or maybe you're a piece of shit. But like you're still worth existing. Because as like <laughs> in, in ultimate truth. There is no ultimate good and bad. You know. But yeah make discern Like use discernment here. Make wise choices. Don't take what I'm saying at like face value. And you're like no okay no I'm good. Kanyisa says, I'm amazing the way that I am and I don't need to do any more work on myself. No, I'm just saying shame is not effective. Shame is not the way to do it. Fuck shame.
that you are allowed to be all of who you are and you don't have to meet the expectations of this world that you don't have to be the thing that is so-called acceptable in this world that you're amazing just the way that you are and you are welcome to right where you are